Ephesians chapter 5, we are looking at verses 8 to 14. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Father, uh, I thank you for the encouragement that you've given me through the words of this letter. Father, I thank you for the encouragement that you've given me through uh, this section of walking in light. And what is it? Father, I pray that each of us will walk worthy. Pray that each of us would walk in love. Pray that each of us would walk in the light. And as we'll see, and as you've been showing me, that we will walk in wisdom. Help us, Father. This is beyond our capacity. Help us. In Christ's name. Amen. Okay, here we go. This started out with walking worthy. Okay, remember we transitioned from theology, three chapters of theology. This is who you are in Christ. Right? It is urgent that you know this. It is easy for us to get consumed by what we're supposed to do and not understand who we are. All right? And, and, ah, the passion of some of my prayers is that the people of God would understand that no matter how long you've been saved, you are a people of God. And it's like the quote from John Stott, all the demons of hell cannot bring an accusation against the people of God. And yet, we look down on each other, we poke at each other. Uh, we condemn each other at times. I see all of this stuff and it breaks my heart. Because we are all sinners saved by grace. And you say, well, yeah, but you were. No, there is no difference. There's no degree of sinner. We looked at it, remember? You were dark. You were dark. Okay, you're not anymore. All right. And and when I think about this, the Apostle Paul jumps into chapter four, verse one. He says, I beseech you, I beg you. Walk worthy of your calling in light of what God has already done. Walk in it. Walk in it. But then we stepped in there in chapter five first part of there 
Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. And he goes through that. We went through that in depth. That's a love that is not man-made. It guards your mouth. We need to put a guard on our mouths. Because out of the mouth speaks the the heart. And we looked at that in depth. Our words will show our love or lack of. Are your words encouraging? Or are your words condemning? Are you critical? Here's one. This one here drives me nuts. This is when I step into my illegal smile place. I told in the Sunday school class I explained this is a song by a guy named Prine. You may see me tonight with an illegal smile. Don't cost very much, but it lasts a long while. Okay, and everybody says, well, that's drugs. No, it didn't. It was whenever he was with a group of people who were annoying the stew out of him, he would shift into a place where he was bass fishing and he'd just smile. And that'd be that illegal smile. Why? I go to that my little happy place and I'm just going to stay there. Okay? Here's the reason that I share this. Anybody here complain? Because when you start complaining, know that I just went fishing. Okay, and I don't care much for bass, but I do like trout. I do like salmon. So if you're complaining, I go to... Then you know what you just did? Wasted time. Right? You got What do you got to complain about? Listen... You have eternal life in Jesus Christ. You're joint heirs with Jesus. You are going to spend eternity in sinless perfection. And your complaint is what? What do you got to complain about? Yeah, it's hot. Guess what? January, you'll be wishing it was hot. I'm getting ready to drive back east. Whoop, whoop, do that in August. Okay? I grew up back there. I moved out here so I didn't have to do that. What makes your hair curly? I lost mine. It was a political thing. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Your words speak of your heart. If you're just complaining all the time, then... You're telling me you're not content. What God has done for you is not enough. Okay? If that's the way you feel, tell Him that when you see Him. That's the walk of love. How about the walk of light? We've been looking at that over these last few weeks. And, I mean, He describes it basically in its essence. The fruit of light consists of all goodness. I like the word all. Righteousness and truth. Okay? And then what happens is they put verse 10 in there, and verse 10 shouldn't be there. All right? Because it says, trying to learn what is pleasing to God. 
in all righteousness, all goodness, all truth, trying to learn what is good in God. All right? See, it, it all falls together, flows together. Galatians is really bad for that. He's got some sentences there that are two paragraphs long, and they put a whole bunch of verses and chapters on them. Okay? So remember, the chapters and verses are not divinely inspired. Okay? The Word is. But I want you to know that because when you think about it, you were darkness. You're now light in Christ Jesus. You see what you are in the first three chapters. And we looked at it, goodness. Goodness has to do with all mankind. I be in goodness. I mean, if you spend as many hours as I did Friday speaking to politicians, and if you knew what was going through my head versus what was coming out of my mouth, I was in goodness. Okay? Because I was listening to... All right. I mean, it's just blah, 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 blah. You know, remember Charlie Brown's teacher. Uh, do you have a question? I give you the question and they talk for 15 minutes. And my next question is based on that question. And you didn't answer it in 15 minutes. So I thought I must be asking complicated questions. Now, anybody here accuse me of complicated questions? <laughs> okay, so... When I look at this kind of stuff, that's goodness. Righteousness is before God. The Apostle Paul says, my conscience doesn't condemn me. How about that? You can accuse me, but my conscience is clear. And you know what? I know as a pastor, I get... uh, Plenty of accusations. And, you know, I find myself for a second stopping and saying, okay, what does your conscience say, Slick? So I'm good. I'm good. That's when I smile at him and go back to my fishing trip. That's the walk of light. We've looked at it. We've seen the contrast there in verse 8. You were dark. Okay, you were darkness. I shared with you. It doesn't mean you were in the darkness. It means that you were a contributor to darkness. And I don't care what degree. All right. But we also saw the characteristics. I just went through those goodness, righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That is your walk. Remember what the word walk is. That's your your habits, your everyday movement. How do I walk? The command was given in verse 11, first half there. Do not participate. And I like the way he says this. The deeds of darkness. Don't be a part of it. Don't be a part of it. But then the commission is expose them. And I shared with you, we like doing that. Let me run around and point my finger at you. Okay? But if you're walking in light, you expose them by your walk without saying a word. Without saying a word. 
That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And yet, I get into trouble when certain situations, I ask people if they're saved. And they get mad at me. Why would you ask me that? Well, you look like darkness. You're doing the deeds of darkness. And that just don't seem to fit the container. All right? And, and people like, well, you're being judgmental. No. Out of your mouth speaks your heart. See what I mean? And if you're really honest, if someone thinks that you're not walking it, wouldn't you like to know? Or is your pride so well established? Keep it to yourself. Now, I also shared Galatians chapter 6. You who are spiritual, see anyone in a trespass. Okay, that would be a sin. Okay. What are you supposed to do? Tell them they're in a sin. But if you look at the text, it says they're trapped in it. They're trapped in it. Okay. What are you supposed to do? Bear the burden. Help them get out of the trap. He says, I don't even want you speaking about this stuff. I told you the illustration. The guy knows that I'm a pastor, so he likes to tell me nasty Christian jokes. I broke him of it, but he... uh, Likes to tell these jokes, and he'd tell these jokes, and guys would go, hoo, hoo, hoo. and I looked at him. I said, "Am I supposed to laugh now?" And they like, ooh, ooh, sorry. What do I expect from darkness? Unfruitful deeds of darkness. Okay. So we see that that was the commission. And we understand that all these things will become visible for they are exposed by the light. That is by our walk. My walk will expose darkness if you're walking in it. Part of the problem is is that people don't walk in the light so they don't expose darkness because they are not in the light. If you're not being used by God to reach somebody, check yourself. Perhaps your your life is being exposed to the light too. What do they see when they see you? Okay. I want to deal with this fifth one. The call. The reason I used the call because it was alliterate. Okay. I alliterated. But it actually would be more of an invitation. All right. I love the Apostle Paul. Now, I do understand that he is writing under the power, the authority of the Spirit of the living God. But I love the Apostle Paul for it because he was obedient. (laughs) And he wrote it the right way. He writes this in this massive contrast between darkness and light. And just in case a non-believer reads this, Or maybe a non-believer hears this. Did you understand that in church, sometimes there are non-believers? Did you know that? Craziest thing I ever heard of. 
But just in case there's a non-believer sitting there, he calls it an invitation. Okay, now, in the New American Standard there, it says, for this reason it says. Okay, in the original language, which is the Greek, it can be translated it or he. He is better here. He is better here. You know why I say that? Because I want to. No. (laughs) I'll give you an exegete on it. He, the Apostle Paul was a brilliant mind with the Old Testament. Okay, the Hebrew Old Testament. All right. And there are times that he saw what was happening were fulfillments of the Hebrew Old Testament. All right. What he, you have there in that verse is Isaiah 60 verse 1. Okay, but now be careful because listen to what he, uh, Isaiah says. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Okay, now remember something here. You gotta be careful with this stuff. Isaiah is writing before Messiah. Okay? Isaiah's looking at down the futures of this is Messiah. Alright? The Apostle Paul is writing looking back at Messiah. Alright? So that's what you have. He quotes Isaiah 61 and he quotes it to fulfill it. Isaiah is looking to the coming Messiah. Isaiah is looking at the Messiah who has come. And so I, sometimes you see, uh, you, you always see like Paul and John and Peter, or no, John and Peter, they always speak of Jesus Christ. Okay? Every once in a while you look at the Apostle Paul and he'll say Christ Jesus. Okay, now this is not a big theological understanding, but understand this. When Peter and John and Matthew met Jesus, he was Jesus. When Paul met Jesus, he was Christ. So the apostles say it was Jesus Christ. Paul says it's Christ Jesus. Okay? Just an interesting. That there will not condemn you to hell if you believe either way. (laughs) Okay? But what I'm trying to say is, it's just fascinating to me that he knew him as Messiah before he knew him as Jesus the human. Okay? So, what Paul is doing is looking at here, remember I told you that it can be translated he or it. All right. He is saying the prophet says. Okay, now let me give you another little word thing here. We know Christ, right? And we know Messiah, right? They're the same. Messiah is Hebrew. Christ is Greek. Words mean the same. Anointed of God. All right? So, 
Christ is put in place of Messiah in Paul's translation of it because Christ fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. Okay, now I was doing some history on this. This is, this is how I entertain myself when it's really hot outside and I have air conditioning sorted in my office. It's actually in Stephanie's office, but if I fold it just right, I get it. But anyway, this is what I do. History. Historically, that verse you see in Ephesians, many think that it is a line from an old Easter hymn of the early church. I can see that. Can you see that? Celebrating the resurrection. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I don't know what the tune would be, but it sounds good to me. It's an invitation. It's a calling. See how he did that? He gives you the contrast and the characteristics of this walk in light from where you were to where you are now. And at the conclusion of it, he says, just in case you're in the dark, wake up. So, I'll ask you a question. Look at your life. Do you see goodness? Goodness to all men? Do you see righteousness? Does your conscience stand clear to a holy, just God? And do you judge yourself truthfully? It's reading a thing by Owens, a Puritan preacher. And he says, the things you do in secret... It's the truth of who you are. Wow. Do you see Christ alive in your life? The living, resurrected Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit under the authority of His Holy Word. Or are you in the dark? Are you intellectually dark? Are you morally dark? Like Owen said, things you do in secret is who you truly are. So, examine yourself. And if you have to, wake up. Wake up. Arise. That's what it says. Arise from the dead. The dead is in darkness. Arise. And Christ will give you light. Christ will give you light. You know what? That that little verse right there is amazing. That is the whole summary of the gospel. The prophet said, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Then breaks forth the hallelujah course. See, 
The sinner is the one who sleeps. They're sleeping through it. And then the call is awake. But it doesn't stop at awake. Arise. Or as my granny would say, get your butt out of bed. It's one thing to be awake. Get up. Here, the Savior spoken of in Isaiah is presented to you as the Christ, Jesus. And when you awake and arise, Christ's light shall shine on you. He will give you light. The darkness of sinfulness. Now to that sinfulness, I give an invitation to the sinner. See, this is one of the things that is uh, really disturbing in the church. We don't want to give light to the sinner. Well, you don't understand what they did. Do you know how mean they are? Do you know the awful? They've been married like 29 times. I don't know if anybody's been married that many times. But they just go through this, well, how, how could they ever be saved? I don't know, how'd you ever get in? See? And that's what this invitation is. This invitation, think about it. I want you to walk worthy. I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk in light. Oh, by the way, get up. I mean, you can't tell a sinner who's dead and whose deeds, who is darkness, hey, I want you to walk in the light, okay? I want you to walk in love. Really? I want you to walk worthy of the high calling of Jesus Christ. But you are darkness. Now we have been given an invitation. And it shows us who the Savior is. And Christ will shine on you. Do you ever remember uh, that... It was, I had to read the book. I had to read all the classics. Did you guys ever read The Mouse That Roared? I had to write a book report on that. Watch the movie, it's better. Okay, I mean, I, I got to... Ah, it must have been my generation or something. But how many of you remember Rip Van Winkle? He tended to be a little bit of a lazy bum. And he went down by a tree and he laid up against a tree and slept 60 years. Okay? I wonder how many are sleeping through this age of grace. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. Who's asleep in the age of grace? You're in the age of grace. It's going on now for a little over 2,000 years, depending on what calendar you look at, whether it's a lunar or a solar. Because if you start thinking about that, then you're going to come up with this conclusion. How many awake too late? 
How many await too late? Arise, and Christ will give you light. Christ will give you light, and you will learn what is pleasing to the Lord. See, I see people all over the place that I deal with outside of the body of believers who are looking for a ray of light, some glimmer of hope. And yet I know that there's only one. Remember what he said? I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And Paul here is telling us, he's not kidding. He's not kidding. I mean, we are warned as believers, work out your salvation. You you ever thought about this? What is the beginning of salvation? Fear. Have you looked at our society? Look at the things that we are afraid of. I see the thing came through and I had to go check it because I thought, you got to be kidding me. I mean, we, we've got the economic collapse. We've got this virus that's going to, we don't know what it's going to do, but it's going to do it because everybody knows it's going to do it. Oh, we got a sandstorm coming from the Sahara. I kept thinking, well, ain't that like North Africa? <laughs> that's the, I think there's like a pond between here and there or something in there. And then I get this thing. It comes across and says, there's a possibility we will run out of coins. And I'm sitting there going, What? I didn't know anybody used coins. I thought it was a debit card or a credit card. And I'm just sitting there saying, Our whole society feeds on fear. And yet, the one we should fear, we mock, we make fun of. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of salvation. Now, you don't hear that in church. Well, I guess you just did, didn't you? But you don't hear churches talk about that. I I don't... I think it was John Calvin said, God's two hands. One hand, He reaches out in grace. The other hand is His coming wrath. I don't know about you, but that ought to be something to say, what? I've got this guy that I went to high school with a long time ago. He's high on my list. And he told me that religion shouldn't be in school. shouldn't be anywhere because it doesn't have any science to it. So I asked him, I said, are you a scientist? He said, yes, but of course. Didn't you know that? So I went back and I gave him Isaiah. Uh, I think it's 40, no, 50, 50 50-something, where Isaiah describes the hydrological cycle. Uh, You ever heard us that we're going to run out of water? You know that's impossible because the hydrological uh, ocean, as Isaiah describes it, the the ocean 
evaporates into a cloud. The clouds come inland. They hit the mountains. They are pressured to rain. The rain falls down the rivers and flows back out to the sea. And it's been doing that for a little over 6,000 years. Okay. So I give him that verse. I said, that'd be science. And do you know the year that we figured out the hydrological cycle? Because, and he said, no. I said, 1957. And I said, the reason it took you guys so long is that you wouldn't read your Bible. And I said, it was science. Remember the scientists said the world was flat. And yet the oldest book of the Bible, Job, and I gave him the text, said the earth is a sphere hanging in nothing. I said, that's another reason you guys thought this place was flat, because you wouldn't read your Bible. I said, so please don't tell me that the Bible contains no science. I mean, I got more, but I haven't heard back from him. How about that? I am the light of the world. Listen, brothers and sisters. He is challenging you and me today to analyze ourselves. Be truthful. If I hold up the Word of God to myself, how do I look? Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, Behold, as in a mirror, I am being transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Are you being transformed? When you look in the mirror, do you see Jesus? I'll give you one more text to think about as we close. We are uh, on Wednesday night dealing with uh, King Solomon. And so I get sidetracked in, in my time. Chapter 4 of Proverbs, verse 18. 418 of the book of wisdom. But the path of righteous, path of the righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. So if you're in the light of Christ, are you in the dawn? Are you at full day? Okay? Or you can be like me, I'm in an eclipse. <laughs> you know what? Do you realize how thankful we should be that we are in the light? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full of day. That's cool. I don't care who you are. Brothers and sisters, what we've been looking at is walk worthy in light of you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly. As long as you understand that you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, as long as you understand um, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, as long as you understand we were created in His image to walk in good works that He has preordained, therefore, walk worthy of your high calling. 
In doing so, you will walk in love. Your mouth will be guarded. You will speak edifying words to all. Because if I walk in light, then I have goodness, which means to all. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Who is thy neighbor? Anybody that ain't you. Okay? Walk in truth. Be true to yourself. Remember what Owen said. What you do in secret is what you truly are. We walk in light because we've seen the contrast and we know the characteristics of light. And we know that that's what Jesus did. Jesus saved you for one reason. Romans chapter 8, to conform you into the image of His Son. <laughs> I remember a seminary professor says, when we all get to heaven, we'll all be 33-year-old males. And I'm like, what? <laughs> thought we were different as the stars in the heaven. That's why you're a seminary professor, I can tell. Okay? This is important. Because next week I lay the foundation of the walk of wisdom. The walk of wisdom. Let us be thankful we are in the light. Father, I praise you for your word, your holy book. Father, I praise you for your spirit that leads us, guides us, instructs us, and comforts us. Father, I praise you for the amazing things that you do in each of our lives, moment by moment. Father, I praise you that you have brought each of us to such a time as this. Our lives have crossed. I think about it. I stand in awe. I think about the path that my life was on and I think about the paths of the lives that I know in this fellowship and what an amazing God I serve. Father, let us continue to walk in love. Let us continue walking worthy in the light and as we will learn in the wisdom that spoke the ages into being. Father, tells us that uh, the beginning of salvation is fear of you. Father, I pray that many will awake to realize the fear of you and the light that is offered in your Son. Love you, Lord. Christ, Christ alone. Amen.